This is Jan Cox, talk number 2591, recorded October 13th, 2000. I had written, I have written, I had written, I have written, I have and had written. A treatise tonight, finally, totally dismissing thought. But before we take a step so drastic, and I was going to say so irreversible, which is <laughs> ridiculous. You never thought about it? I believe, and probably not alone in this, I believe that I could reasonably, logically prove the non-existence of thought. And I'm sure I could make mucho ordinary sane people who might listen, agree. Until I point out, I just use thought to prove it. You goddamn idiot. Um, and you know how people are about being called goddamn idiot. But at least it gets them distracted and they don't have to face up to what just happened. At any rate, before we take the drastic step of irreversibly <laughs> dismissing thought, I should stop there. That doesn't do anything. That doesn't give you the willy somewhere to realize that you cannot irreversibly dismiss thought. That is, even if you could prove it, that it doesn't exist, if I could prove it to your satisfaction, don't you get it? Ned Goal, I would have never thunk it. I would have never been able to predict that, but I will be damned if you didn't. I no longer believe in thought. Are you an idiot? That you could say that? You're right, you proved it. There's no doubt. I'm amazed. I, I would have never believed it. But there's no doubt. Right this minute, I can see quite clearly you are correct. There is Thought does not exist. I'm amazed. I'm astounded. You're an idiot. But before we irreversibly dismiss thought, burn our britches behind us so that we cannot return. <laughs> Where were the Romans? Hector, wasn't it Hector that worried? He burned the bridge once he went over that river to face this formidable enemy. He burned the bridge. He let everybody get across. And he went back and burned the bridge so that none of his men, once they realized what was happening, so he already knew that as soon as we get to the other side, you can't tell it from here, but I have good info that we are facing the kind of odds to even make a good Roman gladiator mess up his toga. But see, his troops didn't know it. But at any rate, they got across, and then he said, I'll be back in just a second. I forgot something. He went back to the bridge and set on fire so that once they realized what was happening, they couldn't get away. So, if thought was anything like that, then I'd ask you this. What did that have to do with what I was talking about? Oh, okay. Before we irreversibly dismiss thought, I was stricken on the way over by a news item that I wrote last time that I did not comment on. 
And I think this would be a fitting prelude to our final <laughs> interment of salt. I feel like this perhaps would be when the minister or the rabbi or some other strange person with a degree through the mail from California says that would someone please, someone who was well acquainted with the deceased, that is soon to be deceased, thought, would someone say a few words? And then someone, such as a brother-in-law or a former employee or employer or fellow worker, stands up and says a few words. Not to overdo it, mind you. And usually the first person to speak will even disclaim any close personal friendship with the deceased. I simply knew him slightly from afar, but close enough to be duly impressed. And so I could make these observations. I consider that this news item, once it stripped me on the way over, would be that kind of fitting introductory comment, comment to the final dismissal of thought. <laughs> The news item had to do with, I'm not trying to quote it verbatim, but it pointed out that there has been a very long-standing idea amongst certain people, and certain people who pass themselves off as being related to us, that have spoken on the matter of trying to get people to do your will. And... I assume all of you people are familiar with that. Back before the term New Age, back when it was called occultism, and in fact, up until the earlier part of this century, occultism was the catch category for everything from Zen, Christian mysticism, uh, Sufism, just the belief in the super, in some kind of supernatural knowledge, and it was always went along with the belief in supernatural powers. And as far back as the Sumerians, the Old Testament, Zoroaster's writing, everybody has always been interested, all these civilians, in the idea of trying to get other people to do your will, trying to, interested in being able to affect other people's behavior and beliefs, all the way from the obvious of men wishing that they could influence women to more readily have sex with them and not expect a phone call. Two people believing that their family, their competitors, take unfair advantage of them, and that in fact life itself would be much more agreeable, even if it was not in any great harmful way to others, but if you had the ability to in some way affect other people. And you might notice it's those who feel the most impotent are the most interested in these kind of occult powers. But at any rate... That has always been around. It's still around in Orthodox religion. They just try to suppress it. Or they camouflage it. That they will pay lip service to such things as may Allah, may the great powers of the universe enlighten my adversaries, those who would do me ill. May the great gods enlighten them as to the area of their ways. But in the meantime, may God grant me the power uh, to do his will in spite of their opposition there too. See, the thing being that they are trying to live, whatever your religion is. They say, well, me being a, an ex-religious person, relig a follower of ex-religion, that I am simply attempting to do God's will here, opening up this mattress 
store here on this corner. And obviously those people who are already, who are moving in across the street to open one, they are obviously not doing the Lord's work. So therefore, no offense to them, they get that out of the way right quick. Blah, 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 I'm going to talk real fast. Uh, no offense to them, but may the great gods enlighten those people to realize that they should go into another business and as quickly as possible. And of course, if it takes them going bankrupt, you know, hey, that's up to God. The point being that there is, whether it be hidden or whether it be out in the open, the idea is just inherent. It's not hard to see. You can see how it would expand itself from just instinctive uh, prerogatives, kind of drives for territory, dominance in a pack. But then once it gets into secondary affairs, then it's understandable. It's not just some quirk of human nature, but there'll be to the desire to be able to affect other people's behavior. And usually affect their thinking goes along with it because thinking ordinary people believe would affect the person's behavior. At any rate, here we go. If we ask all six billion people on this planet, uh, if you could have the power, some kind of power, that you could make other people do what you wanted them to do, would that be a worthwhile power to have? Everyone who would like to have it, raise your hand. And I say that 12 billion hands would go up because all 6 billion people would raise both hands hoping for a double dose. Here we go, back to the occult idea that has gone along with that. And it has, it even shows up in uh, things that pass themselves off more directly as schools for awakening and etc. But at any rate, here's the idea. You can find it in the Bible, you can find it in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, you can find it and all sorts of Vedic writings. It's just thrown everywhere. And it goes something like this. I just condensed it for you. But this is a fair condensation of many different sources. And that is the idea that if you, the individual, could in some way let go of your own. Now remember, I'm just kind of wrapping it all up. If you could let go of your own vain, self-centered, selfish, desires in life, which, of course, are no-nos. If you could do that, then you could affect your will. You could affect other people. The interpretation generally being this, that if you were a good, whatever, Hindu, Christian, Jew, Muslim, then you would have cleansed your heart by the power of Islam, Christianity, Judaism, whatever. That if you had cleaned, cleansed your heart, read your mind, but if you had cleansed your heart so that you no longer felt as though the world had to revolve around you, then a miraculous thing would happen. Other people would do your will if you could do that. And obviously, the inference being, if they don't say it outright, that if you were a good, blank, Christian, Jew, Muslim, I mean a real one, not playing around. If you were a real one, then God, Allah, the cosmic forces would be so pleased with you that they, God would then make, they would compel non-believers, those with whom you must do business or have social dealings, it would compel them to bend to your desire. Because your desires would be righteous. Beyond all of that, 
I say that there is absolute hard-nosed reality. That if you could forget, in the full sense of forget, if you were free from, if you did not take the thoughts, now we've gone from instinct, remember. I'm not talking about the silent instinct of self-preservation and the collateral manifestations thereof, the direct physical ones. We're talking about now it has entered up through the nervous system into the part of the brain that produces conscious thought, soul, that the only way that you have self-centered ideas is to have ideas. At the non-conscious level, everything is self-centered, all the way from a lily to a hummingbird to us, to humans. But it's only once it gets into conscious thought that it has surpassed or gone past what I just mentioned as being instinctive uh, dynamics. That now you must think about, I wish that guy would fail. I wish I was rich, and but to get rich in this particular neighborhood, in this particular business, and these other two guys, these other two clowns, have got to go broke. Why don't they go broke? Or to get such and such woman, this other guy is going to have to drop dead or get out of the way. How come he doesn't realize it? It has to be in the mind. It has to be in the fr form of thought for you to be that kind of self-centered, in the same way that it must be in thought for you to be a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim. It's all in the world of thought. So what they're saying, and I'm telling you is the reality behind it, and some of you know the reality has just happened to you before. I don't mean just. It has happened whether you had any words for it, and it's not necessarily permanent. But I know without a doubt that many of you, if not all of you, have had, have experienced what I'm about, what I'm trying to, and perhaps in a minute we'll explain a little bit better, and you just perhaps didn't think about it. If you had no, it goes like this. If you had no plans, remember I used to talk about that fairly frequently. If you had no plans, and one more time, we are obviously, for the sake of any civilians, in the next stone age that may be playing this on their little tape recorders. We are discounting when I say that if you had no plans. This has nothing to do with you giving up plans to survive, as you know. It doesn't even have anything to do with you giving up plans to live a comfortable life. It has nothing to do with physically depriving yourself of anything that is instinctively appropriate but other than that if you were devoid of plans then everyone would be doing your will they could not do your will you'll have to make it cruder if you above the level of consciousness into the world of consciousness if you did not give a casual impartial rat's ass, a goddamn what anybody else in the world did or thought, they are doing your will. They cannot not do your will. If you don't care, if you have no plan, if you have no preference, and in the world of conscious thought, all the preferences are illusionary, and well, in the sense that they're meaningless, they only mean something to thought. A man's reputation, someone disagreeing with a thought he has, 
only thought prefers that it not be disagreed with. Nothing else about a man has any conscious thought plans for anyone else. So if you had no, feel I've made that point, I'm about to move on to the other level. But I'm not just being facetious. I assume some of you here reacted physically. But if you literally, this time I'll leave out the rat's ass and goddamn. If you simply had no preference, if you, well, rat's ass and goddamn, it's, they just leap to mine when I, when I, to my tongue. If you simply have no, what amounts to is no interest, disinterest. If you simply do not care what other people think, what other people say, and in fact, you don't care what they do, unless it has, and it's up to you, assuming you're reasonable, unless it has to do physically with your comfort or survival. Now, I could say that, that includes such things if people on the other side of the world are on the other side of town or down the block from you. If they're killing each other, if there's, well, let's say on the other side of the world, there are large groups of people fighting each other over some political idea or some religious idea of whether God was over six feet tall or not, or whether God is a Jew or a Muslim or whatever it is. Assuming it did not. Now, we're taking, I say assuming it did not. I'm speaking to, amongst us. That it has no direct bearing on your life, which it doesn't. But I've got to take into account, if it was ordinary people, then we have the collective thinking of man. And people do believe they have an interest in whether these decent people, these otherwise decent same people are kidding themselves over whether they should be living under a socialist government or a socialist philosophy or a fascist or whether they should be living as Catholics or Protestants. Ordinary people are supposed to be concerned because the collective thinking of life is concerned and you're supposed to be concerned to varying degrees. But back to us. If you see at all what's going on in life, you wake up a little bit on some sort of consistent basis. Then, this is simply a fact. You don't plan to do it. I guess gradually. I don't know, a week, a year, an hour. But gradually, your interest is only on things that are of any relevance to you. Just another reason, it's not a reason, but i got to call it something. It's just another reason that only a few people can ever succeed at this. Or if only a few people ever get actual, actively involved in it. Because you're supposed to be concerned that strangers on the other side of the world are killing themselves over some, from any reasonable view, from where you stand. That is, from all disinterested parties. If it's between X and Y religions, then all people throughout the world that are not of X or Y religion are supposed to be concerned. To varying degrees, but that's what being civilized is, truly. The more civilized you are, the more you have concern over things that have no pertinence to your life directly. And I can stand here and do it. Surely you can do it. I could show how, well, it may not appear to have any relevance directly, but it has relevance. If nothing else, it could spread. This kind of hostility, the world's getting too small. We live too close together. 
Transportation is too easy. Our economies are too interlocked throughout the world. And so what now starts out as a little a brush fire on the other side of the world, it could spread. We don't need that. It is not good for you on the other side of the world indirectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, they claim in certain parts of the universe that they can actually see it and measure it. There's unthinkable chaos from our view going on. In fact, there are those half the cosmologists in the universe say that the universe is doomed. So, I mean, if you're going to worry about something, they say it's going to shrivel up like a prune in a hurricane. If you have some, if it's already part of you, not your thinking, but if already the experience is such that, let us say, that you are no longer fully asleep, that you are no longer fully captive of the collective mind of man, then you already have decreasing interest in matters that are not directly pertinent to you. You don't plan it. You don't think about it. You don't argue it. You don't stop and pick out and listen to, well, they say that now there's a new group of people fighting two other religions. You don't sit down and think, well, wait a minute. Let me weigh the possible significance of this. Should I be concerned about this one or not? Should I add this to my list of concerns? Really, if it's not pressing on you, if it's not stepping on your foot, if it's not next door to you and the fighting may get out of hand and make your house catch on fire, it gets to the point. I think I can safely say this. I don't normally predict. But it becomes of almost no interest to you. So, if that indeed, if I'm describing it fairly accurately, if indeed the more you see what's going on, then the less concern you have about things that do not concern you. And especially, may I point out again, as always, I say especially, we're actually really just talking about the area of thought-based activity. If it's to the point that you do not care what anybody does, as long as it does not physically bother you, and you do not care, period, what they do non-physically. You don't care what God they worship. You don't care what, you just simply do not care any thought they have. Whatever the hell it is, you don't care. You do not care. And therefore, you don't care anything they can say, including say anything about you. You simply have no interest in it. None. Doesn't matter. Do you understand then that people cannot not do your will? It's not possible. Everyone is now doing your will. Well, I was going to point out, in that one particular area, there is the alchemist goal. There is the Holy Grail. Now, here's what I find. Syrupy. Don't you get tired of the same old modifiers and even the same old nouns syrupy here's what I find sparkling here's what I find two-toned 
Here's what I find. Thinly, nay, thickly veneered. Oh, I like that. Thickly veneered. <laughs> Wait a minute. I got a whole new sermon. That's what waking up is. I thought it was understanding the dynamics of constructing a rat trap to look like a cat. That was my latest. But now I see it otherwise. I see an improvement. It's being able to deal. Nay. Well, you yeah, deal. Construct and handle thick veneer. You understand you would be the only person, I'm sure, in your neighborhood with any interest in thick veneer. In fact, if I were you, I would not discuss the matter. Not, with, not, the, not in the full term. Not using my modifier. For any of you looking puzzled, perhaps you should go when you get home and look up veneer. Maybe a fully awake man, or more awake than I can imagine, is you're dealing with extremely thick veneer. <laughs> that is a rat, a rat trap that not only looks like a cat, it meows. <laughs> Here, ready, ready. Here, ready, ready. Of course, I don't see a rat in this rat trap that looks like a cat and meows as being a rat and a cat. I see it as the two areas of the brain that produces conscious thought. The talker and the listener. The rat is the listener. The talking part. Of course, they switch places back and forth. But the talking part is the rat. I mean, it's the rat trap that looks like a cat. And it's the one who goes, come here, come here. Here, kitty, kitty. And the rat says, no, I'm a rat. And he goes, oh, here, ratty, ratty. That would be extra thick veneer. Back to where I was. Here is where I find it to become extremely salty, sweet. Assuming that you followed. Uh, I spent 30 minutes, but I mean, this I saw years and years ago back. Anyway, and I've mentioned to you people before whether you've found any significance. If you, if you don't give a damn what anybody does in the world, if it doesn't affect you, that is, you have no plans for anyone. You understand? I'm saying plans, expectations. You do not measure what other people do. You simply do not care. If it doesn't step on your foot, you do not care. You don't care. And if there's no great danger that it's about to roll across your toes, then you do not care. You simply got no interest. Not on the basis that you forced it or pretending, and it's not a philosophy that you can adopt. People try it. Because you hadn't noticed. Plus, you hadn't noticed the degree of success. In fact, it turns into something else. You don't want them living next door to you. It is not something that you adopt. It is something that happens. That assuming that you are awake enough, you simply see more and more what life is. And therefore, what I'm saying is I said people, I'm sure, really never think about it. It just happens. But you don't really care anymore. And it's, um, you, you either know what I mean or not. It's not that you're mean. It's not that you're ill-hearted. You do not wish people ill. You simply don't care because you understand life as it is. You do not walk out of the creek and see water continue to run over this one stone and you look at and you realize, well, that water is wearing away that stone. That poor stone cannot move. Or even worse, you want to look at it is to see... Uh, a frog 
slapping flies out of the air and eating them. And you think, fly was my poor old fly. I mean, it's simple the way life is. If you got to that point, there's a better use of it. I say, as I said, I think it's a warmer use. Perhaps close to more pleated, but it's a warmer use. And that is, what if you had the same attitude toward what you thought? That you no longer, let's say you're the point now that you know, more or less, you can take a nap, something will suddenly sneak up on you that you'll hear or read that somebody has said. And before you know it, your own thoughts bristle and your own thoughts do care and your own thoughts go, you idiot. But that aside, just a blip, a transient anomaly. Other than that, let us say that your general state from your own understanding is such that you really are indifferent to what anybody else thinks in the world. You do not care. Do not care one way or the other about anything that any other human can think. I say to you that if you look, that happens before anything similar happens inside your own head. If you know that, which I would assume that I, all of you here and you full-timers, you old-timers out there on tape, I assume that right now you would agree with me or to say that you have some understanding, personal understanding and experience of what I'm saying, that even if it's not complete, that there has been a gradual realization in your life of what I'm saying, that less and less are you concerned or do you care not only that people are fighting over some obscure ideal on the other side of the world, but you have less and less concern that somebody uh, that you might be talking to or that you even hear gossip. Do you realize, did you hear somebody tell you that so-and-so uh, heard something you said one time or still remembers it, and he says that you're crazy? It doesn't surprise you. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't, well, you just don't care. It's just some, they might as well have said, hey, did you hear, you remember so-and-so? And you go, yeah. And they go, did you know he bought a hat? <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing as I said, do you know he's talked about you like a dog? That's the same pertinence, literally. Why can we not do that as easily? Or I ask you to look, take it any way you want to as a challenge, a question. The sweeter aspect that I referred to is what if you could do that to yourself? What if that was an increasing attitude you had toward yourself? And from my observation, from my experience, it does not happen in parallel. And it doesn't seem unseemly. If I may use Lee twice in one word, sentence. Because it seems quite seemly. It seems quite hooving. Behooving. For us to continue... For a man to continue to find great fault with, well, let's just put it like it is, with his sleeping mechanical thoughts. That same old redundant, meaningless horseshit that flows through my mind from somewhere. Just never mind even where I don't care anymore. But God damn it. 
And from my observation and my lifelong experience, what I have talked about for the first 30 minutes comes about in a way that what I'm saying now internally does not seem to perfectly track. There does not seem to be a direct ratio. That is, a person can almost, let me just make it crude, a person, I'm just making up somebody, that a person can begin to understand much more, so much that he has taken out of uh, his primary connection or being a full-time connection plug-in arrangement with the collective thought of man. He's, he's awake. He's more awake than everybody else. He's more enlightened than everybody else. He's more liberated, blah, blah, blah. And yet he will still be as opinionated, as biased, as willful, condemnatory toward his own thinking as he used to be toward everyone else's. And now let's say more or less, he doesn't care what everybody else thinks. That he has, in fact, if he had to explain it to himself, that's why I say I'm sure that all of you hear what I'm saying. But if he had to explain it to himself, he would say, well, people can't help what they think. I simply see life at work. You might use my terms or you might not. You might say, well, I simply see that there is a automatic, worldwide, if not universal, but a collective thought organism, carcass, this floating thought cloud of which all ordinary men are a part. That they're all plugged in, as I used to say. It's like you have a line. Like you have a non-physical thought line between you, or the potentials there, between you and everybody else. There's a potential line there. And then you have overt, active lines between you and whoever your lover is, and your family, and your friends, etc. And then we are all, our lifeline, we're all plugged in to this worldwide cloud of thought surrounding the earth. So let's say you're the point that you have your own, your own understanding, not just theoretical, I mean, it may not be full, but you've got your own understanding, and therefore, what other people think, what other people say, just more or less no longer has any effect on you. It is not your problem. It is not your problem, and if at any given second it is, even you catch it. Even you realize, well, hey, that's what I call a serious slumber. Call Snow White and tell her to come look at somebody who knows how to do it. Do seven years worth of slumber in seven seconds. Be done with it. <laughs> well, I like be done with it. Be done with it for another seven seconds. <laughs> but at any rate, let us say that you're to the point that you, that that is basically, or generally, your attitude, your living attitude toward what everybody else thinks and says. And yet, you can still be at that previous unprofitable level, unenlightened level about what inside your head, what you, what your brain says and thinks. And it seems all right until it's pointed out to you. And I had nobody to point it out to me. And it took me many years before I pointed out to me. And I don't want to go into how upset I was. Well, well, over the fact that it took me that long, because what I wanted to say was, where the, you know, why didn't you mention this before? For God's sake. But, uh, I don't know. If I tried to really recount it, perhaps it's too strong and upsetting for some of your people's 
genteel feelings. Why does it not hit you? Why does it not hit a person? Why would you not try to use it? Why is it so difficult? Much more difficult from my experience and my observation and my understanding. So much more difficult, to say the least, for this attitude to be a reality in you about yourself than it is for this to be your actual attitude, your living attitude and understanding toward other people. That I understand life is as it is. Let me just make it short. If you had to explain it, or I'm explaining it for my fictitious person, they've reached the point that they no longer, just generally speaking, for all practical purposes, they no longer care whatsoever what other people say or do. Just do not. Why then is it so difficult for that same person to ever realize that, or to ever ask themselves, for it to ever cross their mind, why do I not have a similar attitude toward me? Why is what is said and thought in my brain, which I did not initiate, conscious thought, I am not responsible, I didn't invite it here, not, not in a negative sense, you know, you're still not condemning the fact, I'm just trying to describe, but here it is, and it's going on in your head, and you have missed a hell of a lot, which evidently we all do, for a long time, not to see that there's no difference between what's going on in your head and what's going on in everybody else's head, except it's your head. And people like us, on top of, well, everybody thinks what goes on their head special. I mean, we've got six billion people doing that. But people such as us, it strikes me, uh, even if we are able to keep our vanity under control, we feel as though that our, what's going on in our head is a bit out of the ordinary, a bit special. And that's reasonable, because our thinking is that everyone's thinking, including my own when I'm asleep, my thinking is really meaningless. What I say, what I say I believe, and what I think is meaningless. So it is with everybody else. Uh-huh. Okay. But so it is with everybody else. Hits a man. And I can easily see somebody reaching the point that they are not much bothered on the basis of their own understanding, however they would describe it, that everyone else cannot help. It, plus you find it doesn't matter anyway. It goes hand in hand. But that other people, what they say and think, it's just life driving them. They're just the local outlet for life. But it seems as though I'm special, and for no other reason, because I can see that. So we exempt our own brain without realizing it. And it's, it makes sense. There's no doubt about it. That's what I meant by my little humor about contain your vanity. You don't have to feel really superior. You just feel, you realize, well, I'm different. I can look at thought. In a somewhat impartial critical sense, I can look at what everybody else says and does, says and thinks, or they say they think, and I can look at it and realize it's irrelevant, it's mechanical, and it bears not necessarily any direct relationship to reality. But I see it for what it is. That alone, without you analyzing, that alone uh, experientially would seem to take us, people like us, out of the norm. To make us an exception to the rest of it, because those people obviously don't realize it, and I realize it. <clears throat> I'm not awake. I can't do a hell of a lot better. But 
I do realize that. That much I know that what they think and what they say has no real relationship to what they are. It's meaningless. It's mechanical. Well, it's just meaningless covers it. All right. What goes on in my head is mostly garbage and meaningless. But you immediately have exempted yourself. You have taken yourself outside the general category of everyone else on the basis that, well, at least I see that. And you don't stop and think about it that way. Surely not. You don't have to. It's just that your thinking exempts you from that on the basis that I am not at the same level. I'm not in the same boat as everybody because everybody else is unaware of it, but at least I'm aware of it. So I must be on the right track. I got it. Now I got to get to work. And you work, 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 work. Struggle, struggle, struggle. Fail, fail, fail. Frustrate, frustrate, frustrate. And how long does it take? In fact, I hadn't told you. I don't know whether any of you would have ever even seen it or even thought about it that way. For it to strike you, if I wanted, to, I got other people to do my will on the basis that I no longer care what they do. Therefore, you're doing my will. I just thought there was no joke. At least this is old as 1945. I mean, when I was a kid, this guy says, I bought a new dog. I really got him trained. The guy said, let's see it. And he says, sit, Rover. And the dog just stands there. And he says, sit. Of course, you're getting embarrassed. And the dog just stands there. And the man says, all right, watch this. Stand. I thought that was hilarious. And there I was just a little nipper, but now I see. Of course, now realizing in retrospect what a childhood mystical prodigy I was, I realize now I even understood the allegorical significance of that before I understood the allegorical significance of that. But see, that's being awake enough that everyone does your will. And what, what is your will, sir, if you say that you have the rest of the world doing your will? Yes, I do. And what is your will? Well, what are they doing? And whatever they describe, you go, that's it. Well, stand, damn it, I demand to be obeyed. All right. If you, and again, I thought this is quite valid. I mean, it's not open to debate. I'm making allegories and metaphors. But once you realize that, once you see that life is as it is, and once you see that nobody's going to do a goddamn thing about it, God, I hate to put it that way. Once you wake up a little, as much as I say periodically I'm sick of hearing even from me about wake up and be enlightened, God, there's a lot to be said for those terms because they're just vague enough. Well, if you wake up a little, and we can all nod long, like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, I know. You know you don't, but if I stop and do things like, well, it doesn't mean a goddamn thing, then you tend to stop and go, wait a minute, no, wait a minute. What do other people say? That nothing everybody says means a goddamn thing. Wait a minute. And then your mind will go off like you can think of exceptions or think, well, wait a minute, I wish he would ask for questions because I could bring an example. I bet even he would go, well, maybe that's an exception. <laughs> but if you say, well, if you're a little more awake, then we all go, okay, okay, and you let it slide. If you were, if you were a little more awake, how would not your attitude be that you don't care at all? In that part of your brain that talks, that you hear it talk, it talks, it says things, and it thinks. The same as the six billion people around you on this planet. Why 
is not a more awakened man's attitude immediately, or at least in concert, in parallel to his understanding about the rest of the world, the same way, that I no longer care. Why does it not happen that way? Why does a man not even think about it that way? As I said, no offense to you. I just wanted to brag. But if I hadn't pointed it out, I, I don't, I got doubt that anybody would ever thought about it that way. Because it seems so right. Well, I'm still fighting the good fight. I'm struggling against this stupid thinking, this wrong thinking, this false thinking in my head. I struggle against. I try to resist. Uh, well, I try everything I can. I try to stop it. I try to resist it. I try to look away. I try to ignore it. When my brain starts talking this garbage, you know, this hateful shit about other people, my criticism, my whining, the same kind of thing that let us say now you are more or less over worrying about other people. The rest of the world can whine, they can bitch, they can do almost anything, as long as they don't run over your petunias or your toes. And it doesn't bother you, because you simply realize that's it. But there is no such, as far as I can see, immediate, nothing even resembling it, and speed and timeliness of a man looking at his own talking and thinking activity taking place in his head as he does out at the rest of the world. Because we keep struggling to make our consciousness, our thoughts, do our will. Wake up, you idiots! Quit whining on me! How can you be in my head, a decent person like me, a man or woman who's tried so hard to be awake? How can you, how can I continue to be infestated? A man who's reached the level I'm speaking of tonight, fictitiously, sort of. To, to put it in another way, he has extreme tolerance for other people's thoughts and words, to say the least. He understands the source, that it's not them. Or however he looks, he understands that it's meaningless. He understands they cannot help it. They're not trying to awaken. They're not trying to do anything. They're just getting by. They're just humans. Could be your mother, your father, your brother. Absolute stranger. But there is a tolerance that I say that a man does not, in the same timely manner, have toward what is said and thought in his own head. We keep trying to bend our sleeping mind, our sleeping consciousness, our unenlightened selves to our will. And our will is to be more awake. To stop all this shit. But what if you had no plans? What if you were as indifferent toward that going on in your head as you are that which is going on in life? Then, how can you weasel out of this? Then, would not what's going on in your head be doing your will? You tell thoughts, right? Stop. They keep right on. You go, stop, damn it. They keep right on. And you go, all right, keep going. I demand to be obeyed. Rover. Let not be the ultimate mega. I often wonder about that word where it came from, maggot head. But I never could, I never had time to trace down the connection if there was one. Mega. Because I know if they try to pronounce it, magi. They don't spell it that way, do they? To work your will 
to be able to hold out your hands, not part the Red Seas or turn snakes into walking canes, but wiggle your fingers and stare. Or did it then you wouldn't stare. You wouldn't even be looking at it. But anyway, to look at what is being said and thought in your brain is like, you're under my spell. You're doing my will. And if an outsider says, well, I don't, they're doing just what they were, and you go, that's what I was willing them to do. <laughs> if you have no plans, if you have turned loose of other people, as the occultists used to say, if you could in some way turn loose of your own selfish, self-centered, attempted grasp of other people, then you'd be doing God's will or Allah's will or somebody's will, the great secret brotherhood's will, and then they would grant you the power to make other people then do your will. Which, of course, is horseshit. I mean, it's just another dream. But what I described, the way I started, that there is a reality to that. And that is, if you had, if you truly did not care what other people do, now you got them. You're the only person in the world. You're a real magician. Because the rest of the world, every single person is doing your will. And let some critic, let some smart-ass jump in and say, well, I don't believe that. Let me go find somebody. A guy way out in the deepest a two-day march into the jungles of New Guinea. And they find this guy. Just barely... Just says a few words, a few grunts, and find that one man, and then they bring him in front of you or you in front of him, and say, "You, you say that everybody on this planet does your will," and you go, "Yes." And they go, "Look at the way you look at him." You go, "Exactly what I had in mind." You know, you didn't even have to bring me here; just describe to me. You know, next time you come up with this, you find an Eskimo living on a floating iceberg. Just. Call me on my cell phone next time you want to challenge me and just describe to me what he's doing. And of course, you've got the rest of it. No matter what they describe, you go, that's it. That's exactly. It's amazing the power I have. Then they say, yeah, but he just stopped doing that. And you go, well, I willed it. (laughs) But now he's back doing it. So, so, hey, if I could stop him, I could make him start back. Yeah. Next time, write me. <laughs> what if you could do that to yourself? To what? I say yourself. You know what I mean? What is being said in your head? That's known. I guess not. I think about it. That would be known as willing yourself awake even while not. All of you out there in Radio Land can write me next week and complain about the ending of the show. But that's it. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at jancox.com where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest or just leave us a message.